I tell you what, we won't have no trouble telling them when we get on the other side. We won't have no trouble expressing ourselves there. I, I, I just don't understand it, Brother Ed. We might be Canadian by culture, but if we've been birthed by a new birth that's a heavenly birth, I don't care how cold or how formal or how reserved you believe Canadians really are, I'll tell you what, I've seen them get the Holy Ghost. And they don't get concerned about who's sitting around them. They're not concerned to say amen. They're not concerned to enter in. They have heard a heavenly voice that has such a pull to them that it just doesn't matter who's sitting next to them. It don't matter if you're in your living room, Brother Ed. It don't matter if you're in your car. It don't matter if you're pushing your lawnmower. Somehow, hallelujah comes out of your mouth or praise God comes out of your mouth. You can drive and weep out. You, you, you know, sometimes people might just think you're crazy driving down the road in your pickup truck. There you're sitting at the light and so thrilled with the love of God. The, the water's running out of your eyes and you look over and somebody's staring at you. They're probably thinking, man, that guy just has to have a hard day. Oh no. Oh no, they don't know the joy. They just don't understand that we come from a God. We're going back to God. This is not our home. We have a heavenly home that's bright and fair. And sometimes it catch a little glimpse of it and it just overwhelms us. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be a Christian this morning? I'm so happy to be redeemed. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Got your Bibles with you this morning? I hope so. Thank you now to the musicians. Brother John, it is good to see you. You know what? I'm so thankful God made gingers. I, it, it, I guess when we get on the other side, you think there's going to be any gray-haired ones over there? Or is that just something that has to do with the fall? Because I just happened to see Brother Allen's son, and I'm caught somewhere in the middle, but boy, that, I wouldn't recognize that brother anymore. I used to work with him. He was a young man at one time. I wish I could grow a beard like that. I'm just being jealous. Can't you wait till we get home? I, it's always, I'll tell you what, church, I, it, it's always like home when I come here. I'm just being honest. I always feel at home. You always make me feel welcome. And, but I believe it's going to be this type of atmosphere when we get on the other side. There ain't going to be one stranger. I don't, I, if I never met Moses or I never, uh, I, I never met Shamgar, I have no idea what he looks like. But when he comes up and puts his hand in mine, I'm going to say, Brother Shamgar, am I happy to see you? There's a land beyond the river, and we're almost home. God bless you. Got your Bibles? If you'd open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3 this morning and... And, uh, you know, Brother Ed asked me to speak. I, I'll tell you what, it's, some of you that think it's fun to be a preacher, you got, you got something, something's just not right. They just need to do it for a little while. And it makes you so nervous and gets me so uptight. And, uh, you know, you're asking the Lord, Lord, what direction, what, what would you have me? And a and, uh, little thought comes this way and then it stops. And you're thinking, no, Lord, that needs to keep going. And it doesn't go. And, and uh the other day, he just kept bringing me back to this little thought. I preached it back at home a couple weeks back, and 
And uh, I couldn't get away from it no matter which way I turned, so I'm just going to get it off my heart. And when it's off my heart, it's on your hands, and you just do with it what you want. 1 John chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Can we just ask God's blessing one more time? Father, we're so grateful for an eternal word, for one that strengthens and one that that gives power, one that is effective in our life, Father. And now, Lord, we commit this service to you into your hands. Move as you would be pleased. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You can have your seats again. Well, I guess I haven't been here since you redid your church. And it's, uh, it's nice. I like it. You didn't move the people too far back? That's good. Because when COVID's over, the stage is open. I see a cross and there's lots of room for us right at the foot of it. I'll tell you what, these, these tabernacles are a wonderful thing. But Brother Brown said one of these days, these doors are going to be closed. And I'm so glad that the Father chose a different place to tabernacle than just in a wooden building. I'm so thankful that he came and decided to take on a fleshly veil again. Lord, be it unto us according to your word. Amen. Brother, if you could put that little scripture back up, or sister, if you could put that little scripture back up online, just leave it sit there for a little bit, just that one right there. And I'm, I'm just going to take it slow. I, I, you know, I was back home here a few weeks back and praying and asking the Lord which way he'd have me to go, and he just dropped this little scripture in my heart. Behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us. And of course... Maybe like, maybe not most preachers, but like I get, I, I got all tore up. I thought, Lord, that's, that's just a handful of words. And, 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 and I got a whole congregation sitting there. And I, I, Lord, I don't know. I, Lord, I, I need your help. And I was reminded of what Brother Branham said. He said, you know, he said, it's not so much the amount of words we speak. But it's what's on the paper that counts. It's the quality of the word that makes the difference. And we realize that we're in an hour right, time, uh, right now that, that it's the quality of the word that we've been feeding on that's been making the difference. And I, I want to just take just these few words this morning, if I can, and, uh, and I said at home, I never did get it accomplished, I never did get it finished, but I, I want to take it this morning, and, and I just want to dwell on these thoughts a little while, because I believe that they weren't just written just to fill a book. I believe that it's God's own thinking that was expressed to us. And if the seed of God lays in us, then there's something in us that's responding to the Word of God. And, and I'm so thankful He just keeps unfolding Himself and unfolding Himself and unfolding Himself. And, but you know, when, when the writer writes this, he says, Behold, and we want, I want to stop on that word for a minute. 
What's John saying? Behold. Behold, he's, he, he, he's, he's saying, just a minute here. I want you to pay attention to something. I want you to consider something. I want you to look at it. Not with your eyes, but I want you to look at it with your heart. I want you to perceive something. I want you to, to look at the reality of this love that God has given to us. I want you to pay attention. I don't want you to skim over it. I don't want you to miss it, Brother Ed. I want you to stop. Stop and look at it for what it is. It's not just a love like we know, but what, but what manner of love? What manner of love is this that God has bestowed upon us? And John catches the churches. I, I don't know about you, but I don't believe he was, just church, he was just writing to the church then. I believe this was for our day. Stop. You know, we're in a busy world. And, 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 and many times we, uh, we, we have this little righteous satisfaction that I'm a believer. And I go to a message church. And I believe God sent a prophet. And I believe the word of the prophet. But many times, those are just words. But then there's those times where the presence of God comes and it stops us. And we got to consider what's in front of us. And I want you to stop this morning and I want you not to look with your eyes, but I want you to look with your heart. I want you to consider what manner of love that we're going to speak about this morning. You know, it was, it was in the garden. The first time that this word was ever spoken, behold, or stop and, and look at what has just happened. It was in the garden when, when, when God's own children had, had partaken of the tree of knowledge and, 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 and God spoke to the angelic beings and he said, behold, man has become like one of us. He was concerned because man was in a fallen condition and in no condition to rule and reign. But now he actually had the very ability that God had given him. And behold, man has become like one of us. And so that man could only go so far, God put him from the garden and stood there, the flaming swords and the cherubims guarding the way to the tree of life. Behold. All the angelic beings and all the things that were going on in the heavenly bodies. And God stopped it all and said, just a minute, did you just see what happened? Yeah. Have you considered that this man has become like one of us and he's in a fallen condition? Yeah. Do you understand the consequences of what could transpire of a man in that condition? Amen. Behold, such a little word. Such a little word, but... Such meaning to it, Brother Ed. Such meaning. That day when John was baptizing there in the River Jordan and, and, and in baptizing one after the other and felt like he was, he was doing the will of God and, and there he was and he baptized one and, and as he lifted the man out and the next one began to come down into the water, he stopped, his eyes locked. He, he recognized those eyes. And he pointed to him and he said, Behold! The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. The one whose shoe latches I'm not even worthy to unloose him. 
Behold, consider him. There was many men. There was many good men. There was many righteous men. There was scribes. There was Pharisees. There was men of title and renown standing on the banks that day. And he never pointed to one of them. But there come a humble little Galilee and he looked up and he recognized it. What was it? It was the Spirit of God that was in him recognizing the word of the hour. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. In other words, everybody stop. Look. Look, here's the one we've been looking for. Here's the one our hearts have been desiring. Here is our King of glory has come to us. Behold the Lamb of God. I believe it was Pilate that day. There he was and he questioned Jesus and he he actually wanted to let him go. But the scribes and the, and the high priests and each one of them said, no, crucify him, crucify him. He brought him out before them. He said, behold, your king. Behold. What was he showing? What was he? He literally put the word of their day in front of him and said, behold, your king. Listen, church, we have a king this morning. We have a king that day. They booed him. They cussed him. They called him every dirty, vile name there was. No wonder John could say, Behold, what manner? What manner of love is this? What manner of love is this that God has bestowed upon us? Behold. Church, can I say this to you here this morning and those of you that are sitting in your living rooms? Stop. Stop, the devil's got us on the treadmill. We've been running hard. We're sweating. We're worn. We're weary. We've been beaten down and we've been fighting for our lives. But stop. Behold, consider this this morning. We don't have much time left. We don't have many days to go. Listen, there's going to be, I say this by the grace of God, I believe we do not have many days left. You say, what do you mean, Brother Dwayne, like, like days? Are you talking about weeks? Are you talking about, I don't know, but I know this. I don't expect to get much older till I get a body change. What manner of love is this? What manner of love brought you here this morning? What manner of love has called unto you? Called you out of the dirt and the muck and the mire of, the, of, of this world? What, what manner of love causes you? To hunger and thirst for righteousness. What are we talking about? Just a couple little words, just one little word, behold. Oh, if we could just catch a revelation of that one little word this morning. To behold, to consider it. Hallelujah. In the book of Revelations, wasn't it Jesus that said, I am he that was alive. I am he that was dead. And behold... In other words, look at me, John. Consider me. I am he that was dead and am alive forevermore. Oh, I believe as sons of God, we can say the same thing this morning. We that were dead in sin and trespasses. But behold, I'm alive forevermore. Oh, this body might die. This body might get sick. This body, you know what? It, It might be the chariot of corona that comes and takes it home. I don't know. I don't really care what the chariot looks like as long as it takes me home. I'm not so concerned about what the chariot looks like. I just want to go home. Behold, I am he that was dead and I am alive forevermore. 
As he was, so are we in this world, church. If we've been born by the Spirit of God, then we are the same, the very same life of God. It's time to stop and consider the love that God has for us this morning. Hallelujah. What manner? What manner? It's a strange little saying. What manner of love? Wasn't it the disciples, they stood in front of the temple that day and Jesus spoke to them and he was talking to them about his own life. He said, tear this temple down in three days I'll raise it up. And the Bible says this, his disciples say unto him, Master, see what manner of stones these are? Like we have a little idea of how the temple was built. Listen, those weren't just little stones, those were big stones. Can you consider the manner? And you're saying that if, if they tear this place down, but they didn't catch the revelation. They didn't understand he was talking about this temple. A different temple. What manner? In other words, what kind? It was Mary. When the angel of God came to her that day when she was walking on her way, thinking on the things of God, considering what she'd heard, Brother Rand said, considering what she'd heard that Sabbath morning. And she was pondering these things in her heart. And before her stood an angelic being saying, Mary, Mary, behold, here you are. Hail Mary, you're a woman of all women. God has chosen you. And, and it troubled her. And she said, behold, what manner? What type of salutation is this? What, what type of greeting is this? This isn't a normal greeting. This is, this is a heavenly greeting. This is a heavenly invitation. This is a, this is a, uh, 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 the courier has brought a heavenly message that, that I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna bring forth the life of the Messiah, of the anointed word of the age. What manner of salutation is that? Here I am, a virgin, I've known no man, and, and how can these things be? It's not even known. But if God speaks something, then God's not a man that he's going to lie. He's going to keep his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What manner of love. You know, there's a little word, and I think it's a Greek word, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I just want to stop on it for a little bit, and I'm going to take my time this morning if I can. What manner? It's a Greek word that's called, I, I won't say it right, but potapain, something like that. And it actually means that very phrase, what manner? It consumes the whole phrase, what manner? But you know what it actually means? From which country did this come? From which country did this come? And here's John speaking to them and he's saying, Behold, what manner or from which country, from which zone did this love come? Because we don't find it here in Judea. We don't find it here in Bethlehem. We don't find it in Samaria. We don't find it in Rome. We don't find it in Saskatchewan. And you don't find it in Alberta. You don't find it in Africa or India or anywhere else in this world. This is a different kind of love. Behold, what manner or what country does this love come from? 
What foreign place does this kind of, does this kind of love come from? Because John is speaking, he's saying that we should be called the sons of God. Not slaves of God, not servants of God, but that we should be called sons of God. Now, what type of love is this? Because you were nothing, Brother Ed. You were born in sin. You were shaped in iniquity. There was nothing good in your life. There was nothing of us that we, would, that we could do anything to deserve the grace of God. What manner of love is this? John himself could consider that. What manner of love is this? Do you know that this man was one of the sons of thunder? Do you know I'm speaking about the very man, John, the beloved, the one that wrote all, of, all about love and all about... Do you know he was the same man one day that, that when, the, when there was men uh, there in the city and, and Jesus was going to go into, I forget what little town it was, and they didn't want him. They didn't want him, and James and John came back and said, should we not call fire down from heaven and destroy them? Yeah. This is the same man. Yeah. And Jesus looked at him and said, you don't know what spirit you're of. The same, you think that, that Jesus called them sons of thunder for, for what? Now, here was a man who had, he had a character about him just like you and I have. He had a way about him. Here's a man that, 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 that I, I, I don't suppose that, that uh, he didn't hold back too much. Him and his brother, even his own mother, consider his own mother. The boldness of this family, his own mother. I thought Peter was bold. I thought, you know, when we read about John, we hear about this part of him. And, but we forget that he wasn't always this man. Yeah. It was the love of God that molded him into this character. For when he was first saved, he was ready to call fire to heaven and destroy them that didn't agree. And now he's preaching, brothers, love one another. Above all things, love one another. If you love God, love each other. Amen. Same man. You thought, what manner of love is this, church? That has the ability to change a man or change a woman. From what country does this come? If this is not earthly, if this is not, if there's nowhere in this world that you can find this kind of love that the scripture is talking about, then where does it come from? John is saying, stop, behold this, consider this. Listen, church, we, we, this is not a book that we read it like a newspaper. I'll tell you what, shame on us if we do, if we just, we, we just grab our little book, and I, I guess we're social distance, Brother Ed, but we grab our Bible in the morning, and we sit down, and we just, we just go through it, and we read it. Yeah, I've done my devotions, I've done my duty, and, and now I can head off to work, and, and I've got this little righteous, self-righteous, I've done my duty before God, I, I must be a good Christian. I'll tell you what, a Christian is not a Christian in word only. He's not just a Christian on Sunday morning. He's not just a Christian on Wednesday night. He is a son of God from the time he gets up in the morning till the time he puts his head down on the pillow at night. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You talk about strange. You know what? They didn't recognize Jesus then. They don't recognize you now. They don't recognize us now. There's a reason for these things. But what country did this come from? I'll tell you what. You could search the whole world over. You and I both know everything that the world is projecting. They are hungering for this kind of love. There's lots of kind of loves. Brother Brown makes a statement like this. He said, just take the spirit of love. The, that was the great fountain of God, pure, unadulterated. From that come in a perverted love. And then it come into a human love. 
Then it comes into a sexual love. And then it comes into other loves and loves and loves and just keeps perverting down till it becomes to just filth. But all those things had a beginning. And someday it'll wind right straight back to the original. It's eternal where lust, human love, passionate love, all those loves will have to cease. So what manner of love is this? You know, the human love, I want you to say this. The, the, the loves Brother Bram's talking about, there's a Greek word for them. and I, You know, we don't understand all these things, but we understand what's behind them. There's just the flat out, uh, you, you know, I was, I was doing a little study. I don't know why that just hit me, but I'll, I'll just say it now. And I was just doing a little study on the sons of God, and one of the things that, one of the quotes that came, uh, I came across just, it astounded me. But it's so, it's so real. Brother Branham is talking about the end times. And as it was in the days of Lot and how they were married and given in marriage and, and how the sons of God took to them the daughters of men. And he makes a statement about it. He says, you know, he says that the women have become so beautiful till it almost drives the sons of God out of their mind. They've stripped themselves down. You wonder why young men have such troubles? I don't just say that. There's young men, middle-aged men, old men. There's men, 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 period, have that kind of trouble. Sister, if you don't believe that your husband has a right to those kind of troubles, you don't understand a man. I'm just talking like a, like a pastor right now. You don't understand. We think, oh, Brother Dwayne, we don't talk about those things in church. Listen, your kids talk. or They hear it out there. Everywhere as they go, they hear it in school. They hear it, they hear it at the cafeteria. They see it in the mall. They, they go down the streets. They go down to sporting events. They see the movies. They hear the songs. And all they hear about is sex, 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 and sex. It's vulgar, vile. It's perverted. And Satan has made it that way to do one thing, to draw the sons of God to deceive them, to get them on his territory. Listen, we're living in a late hour. This is a battle we're fighting. We're in a battle zone. No wonder we need a holy veil. No wonder we need the love of God in our hearts. That'll make a real son of God turn his head and look to the cross from whence I came. Hallelujah. That physical, passionate, carnal love is called Eris in the Greek. But I just read to you what a prophet said. It's nothing more than just that, lust. It's just a vulgar, defiled. It's not, it's, it, 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 it doesn't even hardly resemble a shadow of the truth. But the world calls it love. The world calls it love. But is that let me speak to the young people for a minute. Is that really the kind of love that you want? That may have a fleshly attraction to you. That may, that may uh, uh, stimulate your eyes. It may stimulate your being. But do you actually want to live with something like that for the rest of your life? But you know there's a love, a lust that is so great and it's so deceptive that people actually think that it's love. And it's not love at all. Amen. It's not love at all. Was it Solomon, wasn't it Solomon's son? I need body ministry this morning. Wasn't it Solomon's son that took his daughter? Am I getting this right? It's David's. Thank you. 
took and defiled his daughter, Dinah. Wasn't that, am I getting that right, Dinah, somehow? Defiled her. He thought he was so in love with this girl that, 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 that he just couldn't live without her. But the Bible says that after that was fulfilled, that he hated her worse than he loved her. You want to tell me that that's the kind of love that John's talking about this morning? I don't think so. I don't think so. That was no more than just beastly, manly lust. And the world is perverted by it. But this is not the love that John is speaking about. Hallelujah. There's another kind of love that's that's called stora. I hope I get it right. You know I'm not even educated, so I don't even know how to pronounce those kind of words. But it's a family love. And you love your family because they're your family. And you mostly understand what I'm saying. You, meet, you, you got relatives that you don't spend no time with except maybe a Christmas and Easter or some kind of a family gathering. But there's a kinship. There's a, you sit down and there's a kinship. There's a friendship. There's a... But outside of that, you don't even talk to them. But if you were to ask you, do you love them? Well, yeah, I love them. You see, it is, it's a part of the love of God. But it's not the love that John was speaking about. See, love, the love John's speaking about goes beyond that. And you and I both know that Brother Brown speaks about filial love. Which, as he said, is human love. He said it actually is the love that a man has for his wife. And so great is this love that it would cause that. Remember the story about the mother that ran into the fire to save her baby? It would literally cause a mother to do whatever it took to save, to protect her child. And if you asked her, do you love that child? She'd say, I love that child. You say, there's the love of God. Yes, that is a portion of the love of God. Yes, that's an element of the love of God. But that is not the love of God that John is speaking about. Because this love that John is speaking about goes beyond that. You know the Bible says, could a mother forget her own child? He says, yes, she could forget her own child, but how could I forget you? So we realize that that even has a limitation. So all these earthly loves and all these, these uh, degraded loves all have limitations. They all have a limitation. But John is pointing beyond that. He's pointing beyond the flesh realm. He's pointing beyond the spirit realm. He's pointing back to eternity and saying, Behold, what manner of love is this? And what country did it come from? Hallelujah. Listen, we heard a prophet of God tell us flat out and plain. He said it's called agape love. It's not a human love. It's not a natural love. It's not a love for an animal. It's not a love for humanity or for the world. You're not. But it's actually the love of God. It is God's own love. And Brother Brown makes a statement. He says, he said now, he says, and you all understand, you know this to be true. You know what? In this love, there's no jealousy. In this love, there's no hatred. But there was in all the other loves. For he comes right down to the closest thing that comes to God's own love, which is filial love. And he says, if a man insulted your wife, you would literally, if you didn't have the Spirit of God, you could, you could kill the man. He said, you could get so angry, you could kill the man. Still filial love. Filial love. 
And if we're not careful this morning, we'll get them all mixed up. You know, the world likes to say that God is love. And all of us would say, amen, we believe that. God is love. But that same God said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Oh, but God doesn't hate. God doesn't hate. You see, the, you see the spirit of the world right now? They're trying to make everybody the same. It's all inclusive. If you really have love, then you're going to accept the homosexual lifestyle. Then if you really have love, you're going to accept the, the LGBT movement. You're going to accept this. You're going to accept that. You're going to, it doesn't matter what we believe. We're, we're all one. We all believe there's a God. Oh, yes, it does matter. Oh, there's a big difference. Listen, the sword of God cuts so close that it's not just the natural love. It's not just the, it's okay for you, but you've got to accept me. Well, then how come they won't accept you? They can accept everything else, but they can't accept you. Why do they get offended at you, sister, when you walk into their store with your long hair and, and your long skirt on, and there's a godly atmosphere about you, and they kind of scowl at you, and, and they don't really. What's the matter? You didn't do nothing to them. They want you to accept them. They say, well, you can't, you, you can't preach like this. This is going to be what causes, this is going to be what causes the, 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 the great uh, separation. And, and these are going to be the things, listen, either we're, either we're the children of God and we're going to preach the truth or we're, you're either going to take the mark of God, the seal of God, or you'll take the mark of the beast. There's only two ways. There's, there, I, I don't care how thin you slice it, it falls two ways. One side of it, they have the seal of God. The other side, they take the mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast will be we're all big, one happy family. And it doesn't matter which. I don't know how I got all off on that this morning. Let me go back. I'll tell you, keep your eyes open. I want to say this. Behold the love of God. Consider the love of God. for His word is his love to us. I'll tell you what, there's never been a greater love story that's ever been told. There's never been a book written that is more, uh, that, that contains more love letters than this book right here. You can take Romeo and Juliet. You can take all the, the, the love stories, you know, uh, uh, Love Comes Softly. I don't know where that one came from, but I just said it anyhow. You know, all these little stories were girls. I want to just stop here for a minute. Thank you. It's a good place for a preacher's coat. Girls, love is not just all butterflies and funny feelings. And <laughs> Let me tell you, let me warn you this morning, that is not the love that John is speaking about. I don't care what you think. I don't care how many books. It, listen, we understand natures. God made a man and a, different, and a woman different. We understand women, they, they like those kind of stories. That It's love, and they're the ones that bring the families together, and it's daddy that's the bad guy because he's got to keep the line drawn. And We understand that. But all those funny feelings aren't love. They're infatuations. They're copies of love. You say, well, wouldn't I feel like that, brother? I don't know why I'm on this right now. Wouldn't I feel like that, uh, Brother Dwayne, if I, 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 I know this? Man, he just, this guy comes around, he just makes me so... <sighs> and what's going to happen when that guy walks away and decides that he loves somebody else? 
Are you still going to feel like, ah. No, you won't. But you think it's love. I'm not getting anywhere this morning. Let me move on. Goodness sakes. Brother Ram says this. That is the great need the world is dying for. And God is love. Now you find the church, what hindered the church has been the wrong conception of love. Now love, there's two different types of love. That's real love. One of them is Greek word agapo. That's God's love. And then there's the perverted love that comes. That is filio love, which means human love. Filio comes from the word fellowship. The filio love is what you have for your wife. And I can skip the rest of that quote. But that's not the love that John is speaking of. This is the love that would cause the creator of heavens and earth and all things therein. This kind of love is the love that when he heard that his son, the first son, and his wife had fallen in the garden. This is the kind of love that when he heard that Adam and Eve had fallen and and partaken of the tree of knowledge, this is the love that caused him to leave his heavenly throne and to run into the garden crying, Adam, Adam, where are you? This is the, it's an elective love. It's the one that, that I birthed you, I brought you into this world, and I'm not about to leave you, love. This is the one that is going to stick by you when everything is wrong, love. This is the one that's going to hold your hand in the lion's den, love. This is the one that's going to stand there in the, fir- in the fiery furnace. This is the kind of love that human loves cannot produce. Hallelujah. This is the kind of love that say, can say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, and this is the kind of love that you and I must have, for I've heard a prophet say that nothing but perfect love will enter there. Perfect love. Not inclusive love, but perfect love, God's own love. Hallelujah. Let's get a little glimpse of what God's love looks like. Because sometimes the way we look at things, it just doesn't look right. Hosea says, Hosea chapter 2, verse, starting at verse 1. Just, we'll just read it together. Hosea chapter 2, verse 1. The love of God, not the love of man. We understand in the, you know, we believe that in, in the scriptures in the Old Testament that Israel has so many types, there's so many shadows for us to look at and consider. We, they were written for our admonition. Hosea chapter 2, verse 1, and we understand that Israel was actually God's people. He's, this, this is the very apple of his eye. This was his heart. This was his, this was his you know, his, his whole being was surrounded by Israel. It, it, this is who he said, how can I forget you? You know he hasn't forgot them yet? He's not forgot Israel. There's 144,000 waiting over there to receive the same message that we've received that will set them free the same way it's done you and I and give them a body change, which we'll already be enjoying. But I want us to consider this because it was those people that are the same people that had the same humanity that we deal with. And it was them that turned their backs on God that got caught up at the world that was going around them, got caught up in everything in it, I'll say this, and Satan seduced them. 
with the idols of the world that were around them. So much so that God got to a place where he just cut them off. Here's his prophet Hosea, and I still don't understand this. I mean, I, I understand it, but I can't fathom it. I can't fathom God saying, go marry a harlot to one of his prophets. Go marry a harlot. I, I don't understand that, Brother Ed. I'm just being honest. I know what it's all about. I understand the picture now. But I have a hard time to understand that God would tell one of his sons, go marry a harlot. Begins to prophesy, speaking to the children of Israel, and he says, Say unto your brethren, Ami, which means my people. Say unto your brethren, my people, and to your sisters, Rahama, which means people obtaining mercy. Plead with your mother, plead, for she's not my wife, and neither am I her husband. But I thought she was married to Jehovah. Well, they certainly weren't living like it. They certainly weren't living like it. She's not my wife. And neither am I her husband. And let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day she was born. Oh, my. He says, And make her, will, make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. I thought God was so loving. I thought that God was, he, he was just this loving God that just accepted us the way we are and, and God understands and, 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 and it's okay, this is just our human flesh and you know, isn't it a shame that we make so many excuses for our human flesh? I just be honest. I, I believe in the love of God. I believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. But I don't believe that we ought to take the blood and make a disgrace with it. Yeah. I have seen men. I've seen women. I've seen those that call themselves believers still cuss and still smoke, still drink. And then call themselves believers. I said, I don't know what spirit you're of. You don't know what spirit you're of. I don't care if you believe that this is the right truth. Satan believes this truth. Yeah. He believes it and, and even trembles. Just because we say we believe the message doesn't make us message believers. I'm just being honest. I don't understand some of these things. But I read a book that tells me that when the life of Christ comes into you, you become a new creation. And old things are passed away. And all things become new. Does that mean that we don't make mistakes? No, that don't mean that. Does that, make, does that mean that we're not going to fall? No, it don't mean that. It means that there's a bloodline, a red bloodline that covers my sin, it covers my iniquity, but I no longer want to walk in it because my nature has been changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, lest I strip her naked and set her in a day that she was born and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children for they be the children of whoredoms. For their mother has played the part of the harlot. She's conceived them and done shamefully. Oh my. Listen, we're not just talking about, we're not just talking about a natural Israel. Let's just bring it home a little bit into the churches of our day. Let's bring it home into the churches of our day. 
And the Bible says in the last day when he's talked about the lady lady of sea and age that she would be wretched, miserable, naked, and blind. Why? And here stood their very one she claimed to love, stood on the outside of the door knocking, trying to get in. But they didn't want him anymore. They found new lovers. They found new things. They found things that were more exciting. It didn't excite them to get into the presence of God anymore. It didn't excite them to pray anymore. It wasn't an anticipation to go to a prayer meeting. They'd rather sit down and watch a sporting event. They'd rather go shopping. They'd rather have their family over it. And oh God, forgive us if we ever get that kind of thinking. That some things of this world, I don't care how close to home they are, when they become more important than our love for Jesus Christ, a God they love God's own love the love of God not of man when those things become more important to us than the word something has gone wrong something for he said I come uh, he's going to espouse to himself a chaste virgin one that was in love with him brother have you ever read the, the song of Solomon Oh my goodness, go and read it. Go home and read it and you get the, 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 the love of the, uh, of the one that's narrating. The love between the two of them. It, it's a real, it's a genuine love. It's the same love that the Holy Spirit has for you and I this morning. But we'd rather read Sports Illustrated. We'd rather read what's going on in the financial world. We'd rather, listen, I understand we got, we got business. We got things we have to take care of in this life and that has its place. But don't ever let it take the place of your walk with the Lord. For their mother hath played the part of the harlot, and she's conceived them and done shamefully. She said, I will go after my lovers that gave me my bread and my water. In other words, the ones that provided for me. I will go after the ones that have made my life good. I'll just, I'll just put in a little bit more time, Brother Ed. If I have to skip church and, and work, it's, it's perfectly okay because I've got to make a living and this is going to just make it a little better for my, just for a season. It's, it's just for a season. I'll tell you what, you're treading on dangerous ground. You're treading on dangerous ground. I've sat in meetings and, and here and, and I've heard brothers talking, oh, why don't, you know, you go to different churches and they don't all have Wednesday or Sunday night service. And, oh, uh, you know, why don't we have Sunday night service and why don't we have Sunday night service? We'd rather be with our families. Shame on us. Shame on us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you tell me what. If you'd rather be with your families in the presence of God, I, I think you ought to rather be with your families. Daddy's leading them and showing them what it's like to worship a living God, to have them in the presence where they can be birthed. Instead, we're out playing. We made Sunday just another day. As soon as church is over, we're going to the mall to go shopping. And, and I get, oh, as soon as church is over, I'm going to go wash my car. And as soon as church is over, well, I got work to do, and I'm going to get ready and go back to work. And shame on us. I'll tell you what, you'll hear my voice someday, but shame on us. There is nothing in our lives that's more important than this. You talk about the love of God. You tell me what God loves more than his own word. Nothing. Nothing. N-O-T-H-I-N-G! Exclamation mark. Nothing. He doesn't love anything. You say, Brother Dwayne, he loves his bride more than... No, she is his word. She's the expression of his word. He doesn't love anything more than he loves his word. 
but we just want to put in time and go to church. You know what? This kind of preaching ain't popular no more. We just want somebody to pat us on the back, tell us, praise God, we're sons of God. I know you got a battle to fight, but don't forget the blood. is It's all there, and I believe that. And I want to point you to that this morning. But don't make it a disgrace. Amen. Then you wonder why you can't live an overcoming life. Then you wonder why that there's no joy in your life, why, why everything about you is crusty and, and you're angry and you're bitter and, and things go wrong and you're grumpy and, and you can't get over this and you can't get over that. What is it? You've let something else take the place of the love of God in your life. I know I got a social distance this morning. This is driving me crazy. I'll tell you one thing, the word don't do no social distancing, it gets right down in the inside, comes cuts between the marrow and the bone, where the Spirit of God, listen church, if we've somehow lost our first love this morning, we need to renew it. She said, I'll go after my lovers that gave me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax and my oil and my drink, all the things that would make her happy in this life. But I want you to notice the next verse, and herein is the love of God. Herein is the love of God. Watch how the picture changes. I'll tell you what, you might have plans for your life, but if you're a son of God, somewhere God's going to say, that is enough. That is enough. I want, you to just, I want you to read this with me. Therefore, behold, pay attention. Consider this, I will hedge up thy ways with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her path. Oh, how often do we beat our heads against the wall day after day and month after month and year after. I just, I would just, if we just can get ahead, Brother Ed, if we could just get ahead. Listen, if you got Christ, you are ahead. If you got Christ, you're already ahead. It don't matter if you got a 1981 jalopy to drive. It doesn't matter what you live in. If you got Christ, you got it all. Listen, this little, this little bride-to-be, supposedly Israel, there she was chasing after her lovers, the lust of her flesh, the pride of life, the very things we contend with. And here's the Spirit of God saying, but behold, because she's done this, I'm going to hedge up her ways. I'm going to dry up her land. I'm going to cause hard things to come upon her. And we go, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, it's so hard right now. Oh, God, it's so hard. Do you stop to consider the love of God this morning? Do we stop to consider, Lord, what do you want from my life? I'll tell you what. I'll show you. Let's, just have, let's just look at two different, uh, two different individuals. right? Look at Cain in the garden. He was so arrogant and so proud, and so full of self. He was all about him, and he brought, but he brought his offering to church. Brought his offering. You know, when he was rejected, he was angry, and he was bitter, and he was resentful. And the, and, the, and the love of God said to him, listen, if you'll just do what your brother did, if you'll just do what he did, won't you also be accepted? But there was nothing inside him that would let him repent. Do this. I'm gonna. I'll work it out myself. I'll get through this. I'll. Ma- What's the matter with us? I'm showing our humanity, church. 
As human beings, we think it gets harder. I'll just dig in a little. I can handle this. I can handle it. And God just says, okay, just keep handling it. Just keep handling it. I can handle it. I can handle it. Keep handling it. Keep handling it. And pretty soon you're just like, pretty soon you're just getting. And then pretty soon you're on your face. You say, Lord, I don't even have, I don't even have an ounce of strength in me. He says, good. Now if you'll ask, I'll help you. Pride. I'll hedge up thy way with thorns and make a while. Mercy, what time is it already? Okay. I'll hedge up thy ways with thorns and make a wall. and She shall not find her path. She shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. I want to say praise God. If things aren't rosy for you this morning, praise God. If you're living by faith this morning, praise God. Amen. If you don't know what tomorrow holds, praise God. Amen. I'll tell you what, a Christian's walk is one of faith, Brother Ed. We walk by faith, not by sight, and God tries that. It's not our faith, it's his faith on test. He tries it. She shall seek them, but she shall not find them. Now watch, how, watch what happens to her. Just consider our own lives this morning, wherever you're at. I keep forgetting that we're online too. She shall seek them and she shall not find them. And then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband. Hmm. For it was better then. That, hold on, hold on. My first husband, Brother Ed. The one that you walked away from. The one that couldn't provide your needs the way you thought they needed to be provided. The one that you thought, you just thought you were just a little bit better and you needed, you deserved a little more because you were special. But he was there all the time. So you've chased it for the last 20, 30 years of your life. Listen, Brother Ray, 50 years old right now, and I'm older than him. 50 years old. I've been married for 33 years. You know what that means? I've been 30 plus years slaving and trying to, we're trying to build our little kingdom and make it nice and there's nothing wrong with that if we keep him in, in his place. The problem is that we get so consumed about the neighbor and, and what they've got and what they've got and how we want to fit in with them all. God don't look at us for what we own. God looks at the seed that's in us. For I will return to my first husband, for then it was better, than, uh, better with me than now. For she did not know that I, personal pronoun, Holy Spirit speaking. Wasn't, this wasn't Hosea speaking. It was the Spirit of God speaking through him. She did not know that I gave her her corn and wine and oil, multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof, my wine in the season thereof, and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. Listen, we speak about the, when we, many times we read these words and we just think, why don't you stand with me just for a minute? I know, it's cozy in here. It's warm. Just change your positions just for a minute. 
Many times we, we, when we read these words, we, we just think in a carnal way. It's not just talking about her carnal nakedness. He's talking about the spiritual nakedness of the church. There's a reason that the robes of righteousness have been given, that the robe of the word, we're to put it on. But here we're looking at a church that, that is going to stand there naked. God just took it. She didn't want him, so he just took it all back. I'm so thankful he's not just talking about us right now. There was a church that's like this, and her name is Lady Osea. But let me tell you something this morning, church. You and I are fighting that same spirit. We might not be part of it, but we're fighting with it. God bless you. You can take your seats. Set on my wine in the season thereof, and I will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. In other words, she didn't want it. I'll just take it back. You realize that it was in the garden when, that, when God came to Adam after the fall, he was walking in the garden. He said, Adam, Adam, where are you? And Adam's voice, I can just hear him trembling, say, saying, Lord, I'm, I'm over here. And God said, why, why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. He didn't know he was naked just an hour earlier. But I'm, I'm naked. What do, you, what do you mean? I gave you a holy veil to cover you. What have you done? You can't, you can't come into my presence naked. And God himself, the Bible tells us God himself went and slayed a lamb. And I heard a prophet of God say he took the skin off the lamb and he threw it into the bush that Adam was in and said, cover yourself up and come on out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's not bringing a naked bride into his kingdom. She's going to be covered in glory with robes of righteousness. But this one, she didn't want his robe of righteousness. She didn't want the church. She didn't want to be part of the light of the age. And she stood there naked. Oh, God. Listen, I don't want just the word. I want the life that's in the word. Don't just tell me that I'm a believer, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. You can say that all day long. The devil don't fear that. But I'll tell you what, when the believer on the inside says, I'm a son of God, the devil trembles. All right. Recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of mine hand. And I will also cause all mirth, in other words, all her joy, to cease. Her feast days and her new moons and her Sabbaths and her solemn feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees. Whereof she said, these are my rewards that my lover has given me. And I will make them a forest and the beasts of the field shall eat them up. It's a pretty bad place for a son of God when he's backslidden. Pretty miserable life to live. I'll tell we can just say amen because there ain't not one of you sitting here but hasn't been in a backslidden condition. Right from the front all the way to the back. Listen, if we're not walking close to God every day, if you're not walking as close today as you were yesterday, you're backslidden. All right, don't you tell me that you received the word 50 years ago and you haven't moved. You're backslidden. God is still moving on. If you weren't, you'd be walking with Him just like hand in hand, word by word, step by step, following Him. All right. 
I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them up. I'll visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them, and she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels, and she went after her lovers, and she forgot me. Saith who? The Lord. I'll tell you, no, you know, we don't, we don't hear too much speaking in tongues and prophecy and those things anymore in our congregations. But I wonder what it would transpire at the end of the service, if somebody got up under the anointing and spoke in tongues and somebody uh, interpreted it, and this was the interpretation. It's pretty sobering. Pretty sobering. And yet John is saying, behold, what manner of love is this? You want to tell me that this, you mean God is a love where he'll just let everything fall apart in my life and, and I'll break down completely? And... Well, you tell me. I just read his word. If he's still the same God. But what's his motive? What's his purpose? What's his, desi what's his heart desire? Verse 14. Therefore, behold. I hope we're paying attention. I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. In other words, he'll put her in this place where she is just vulnerable. My body's broke down. I'm broke down in my spirit. I, I, I don't got a job. I don't have, I, I, there's nothing left to me. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. And while you're boohooing and crying and, and, oh, God, what's ever happened to me? And Satan is telling you you're nothing but a, you're nothing but a low down. God has forsaken you. He doesn't exist. Oh, no, 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 no. I am the Lord your God. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak rebuke. Speak chastisement. Tell her how vile and filthy and dirty and how low down she is. It's not what it says. But I will speak comfortably. I will speak words of life. I, I will tell her that she is mine. I am her, I'm the, my beloved's and she is mine. His banner over me is love. I will give her vineyards from thence. Oh, oh, there's a new day dawning. There's a light. Listen, church. Ain't too many days hence this world is going to fall apart completely. It's already gone insane. It's going to fall apart completely. We even heard a prophet of God say, you might be left destitute. You might be left to the elements of the world. What then? Are we going to complain? Are we going to get? Is that, are we going to allow that spirit of the enemy to come and tell us that God has left us now? Or are we going to take the word and say, "No, sir, this is exactly what was promised to transpire." Praise God, my redemption is drawing nigh. Listen, he's got a little bride that's looking at his word only. Maybe this one that we read about, maybe Israel didn't. Maybe she fell like Eve fell. Maybe even the second Adam or the second Eve fell. Maybe the churches fell, but there would be a bride in the last day who would live by every word. Not every, most all of the words. No, she would live by every word. Hallelujah. And speak comfortably unto her. 
I will give her vineyards from thence. What's a vineyard for? It produces grapes. And what do grapes produce? Wine. In abundance. Not some scraggly little, you know, little bucket that they collect a few buckets and you're going to run out. No, no, this wine is in abundance. I will give her vineyards from thence. From where? From a land beyond the river. From a realm that this world knows nothing about. She can walk in the joy of the Lord. She can have the, the joy of the Lord bubbling over in her heart. In the worst of conditions. Hallelujah. And the valley of Acre for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth. And as in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And I begin to think on these thoughts as I was looking at this. Here's God dealing with what was supposed to be his bride. And she turned away on him. And and yet he said, can can I forget my own? I can't. Why? Because they've come from his very being. And when you're part of God, God can't. God's not going in as a one-armed God or a one-leg God or a one-eyed God. He's going in as a complete being. And for 6,000 years, God has been, been working and molding and shaping a little bride. That would stand here at the end. That would allow the very, uh, I want to say, the headship of Christ to come down upon her. And there she would take his word. She would catch his vision. She would become part of his very very being, his essence. The reality of her being here now has got a purpose to it. We can wake up in the morning with purpose. I was reminded of Ezekiel. And sister, if you can get me Ezekiel chapter uh, 36, I believe it is. Somewhere around verse 28. But I was thinking of Ezekiel. And when we start to read it, we realize that this, this whole thing is all about him. This has nothing to do with us. Listen, did you read the scripture here? I will give her vineyards. I will speak to her comfortably. I will allure her. Hallelujah. Is that the one I want? How about verse 22? Try that. Therefore saith unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes. This great plan of redemption, I do not this for your sakes. I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake. I'm doing, God is saying, I'm doing this for my sake. This hungering, this, this longing that Adam have to have a little bride. I've got the same longing and I'm doing this for my sake so that the attributes that have been in me that were now expressed, that they now become back part of me all over again. Amen. Hallelujah, which you have profaned among the heathen whither you went. And I will sanctify my great name. I, God speaking, I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified. Thank you, brother. Can we say that together? I'm not talking about you and me, and I'll keep my distance. Can we say that together? I will be sanctified in you. In who? In me. He's not just talking about being justified, church. He's saying, I'll be sanctified in you. In other words, I will take that dirty, filthy, vile life of yours, and I will clean it up. 
will make it holy. I will make it righteous. This is about him this morning, church. When I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Listen, it's not, this is not just a spiritual thing happening, even though every bit of it is spiritual. I will take your dirty, filthy life, and I will clean it up, and you will walk like sons of God. You will talk like sons of God. You will act like sons of God. You will represent me in that shoes that you're wearing. When you go to work, you'll be a son of God. Hallelujah. When you get home to your family, you'll be a son of God. You won't rant and rave and scream at your wife. Things go wrong. I'm not saying that we don't have times that we, that we make mistakes. But I'm saying when you do, you'll take her by the hand and you'll say, Honey, I am sorry. That should never have happened. You'll get on your knees and you'll repent. And you're going to stay there until God delivers you of that thing. Amen. Hallelujah. For I will take you from among the heathen. The ones that should not have had a name. Ones that should have had no part of God at all. I will take you from among the heathen. Gather you out of all the countries and I will bring you into your own land. What kind of land? Oh, behold, what manner, what country did this love come from? Where did this love come from? But I will take you into your own land. What land? Into a Holy Ghost land, church. Into a place where no man can come except those that God has called. And I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. I will sprinkle. Oh, thank you, Lord. I feel like Brother Brown talked about that little black man. He said he got in that little meeting one time. You remember there was way back in his early days and he, he stopped at the camp meeting and I forget where it was and, and the whites were separated and the blacks were separated and, and here comes this little old preacher man. They, they called him by name and, and he said he was about 80 years old. He says and they called him up and he was about, I think Brother Brown said he was about 22 years old at the time. I was sitting in my seats thinking, Man, with all these preachers sitting around here, why would they call that old man? He said he'd come up there and he was bent over. And he got behind the pulpit and he says, and all those other preachers had been talking about the good things of God. He said, and he opened up the book of, and he began to speak about Job and the angel of God. And he said, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? He said, the spirit of God got a hold of him. He said, and he got a little bounce in his step. And he said, whoopee, you don't got enough room for me to preach up here. And he said, down he went and sat down. But Brother Brown, I've seen something in that. He said, if the Spirit of God can renew an eagle like that, can renew his youth, he said, I want that kind of a life. From all your filthiness, from all your idols, I will cleanse you. The musicians would come. We just need to get... Praise the Lord. And a new heart also will I give you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now we're looking at the works of grace, aren't we? First of all, he says, in a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit I will put within you. I will take away that stony heart. That one that had no desire for God. That one that, was, that, that, that re- resisted God. That, I want to say that one that quenched the spirit. Listen. You can come into this building, you can sit in the presence of God, and you can quench the Spirit. Absolutely. Your stony heart, you can get so cold and so far from God, and you're not going to let nobody tell you what to do. You're not going to let some preacher preach to you. Oh, yeah, there was a little woman one day that sat in the back part of a church, and I heard a prophet of God say, he went to her after service and said, Sister, the Spirit of God is dealing with you. She said, don't you tell me what to do. 
And she grieved away her day of grace. Quench not the Holy Spirit. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. I think he's talking about some people I know right now. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, fleshly heart is soft. It's supple. It, it beats. It moves. It pulsates. There's a life that goes through it, and it keeps the life going. It doesn't stop the life. It keeps the life going. It pushes it on past this artery and past that artery until the whole body has its part. I'm talking naturally, but there's a spiritual being that I'm talking about too. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Behold, what manner of love is this? I'll put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statues. You shall keep my judgments, and you shall do them. Let me, just, let me read this again. It seems like we're without option right now. Something's happened. This is a different creature. This, this one that had a stony heart that couldn't get along with himself, that was miserable with everybody. Now something's happening. The Spirit of God seems to be real happy to be around him right now. The Holy Spirit speaks said, and I will put my spirit within you. I. Hi, he's doing this. This is his work. I'll put my spirit within you, and I'm going to cause you to walk in my statues. What is the statues? Not the ones that they're pulling over in the United States. Not the ones of Lincoln and the ones of all the different, uh, you know, generals that they're toppling over. His statues is his word. And I'll cause you to walk in my statues and you shall keep my, my judgments. In other words, you shall keep my word. You will. And do them. And you shall dwell. What, a, what manner of love is this? What, that, that we, the sinner, that we, the ones that were vile, that we, the ones that weren't looking for God, that we the ones that struggle with our own human nature, that we the ones that fall and make so many mistakes, we're the ones that come, and I and you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. Amen. What land? It's a Holy Ghost land. Amen. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. Amen. You know that the world can read this? The other day I was at a wedding and here's a Catholic man standing. They asked him to ask the blessing on the food. Standing there with a bottle of beer in his hand. Sets it down. Let's bow. I'm not making fun of them. Lovely, lovely people. Let's bow. I'm standing there thinking, oh Lord, this is a shame. You know what his prayer was? And Father, we know that we're your hands. We know that we're your feet. We know that we're your voice to this dying world. T-shirt on. WWJR. 
I looked at it and I looked at it and finally I read it at the bottom. I didn't, hadn't read the little underlying statement. What would Jesus ride? Jesus riding a Harley Davidson. I didn't catch it. I thought it was just a picture. And then all of a sudden I looked at it. I thought, oh, Lord God. These are people that think they love God. These are the people that also think that they're the children of God. Drink. I don't know what their lives are like. They're nice people. but, But listen, the love of God is not about being a nice person. The love of God is about election, and outside of election, your eyes would never have seen the light that was shone in this age. This is the part, and I will put my... You want to tell me that the Spirit of God is resting in that individual? He might be ever such a nice man, but when the Spirit of God comes in, it says, and I will sanctify you. I will take all your dirty habits. I will cleanse you of all the things of this world, and I will make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. But he proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ. I went away, I was just so grieved. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Hallelujah. Sis, can you do me a favor? Can you go back to Hosea? And we're ending, we're stopping right here. I'm sorry. I don't know. Sis, whatever you feel to play is good. love of God behold what manner of love is this what gave you the right to call yourselves the sons of God this morning boys because it was right you were raised in a message home so was I didn't give me no more right than it were to give that Catholic man would give you the right how can you call yourself a son of God in ourselves we can't but there's a bloodline and in the blood there's a DNA and that DNA comes from the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh. Oh, but Brother Dwayne, that was Jesus. If that's what you want to believe, that's fine. It was. It was. But I'm here to tell you the Word is still being made flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes, the Word being made flesh. What was that, Hosea chapter 2, verse 16? And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me, and this is, he's speaking to the same one that had abandoned him. But he had caused her, he had drawn her to himself. And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi, which means 
husband. Husband. You shall no more call me Baali or Bali, which means Lord as ownership. What manner of love is this? Where did this kind of love come from? Brothers, in my humanity, I might not be able to figure it out how that he can put up with me. But this I know, that this love is gentle. This love is kind. This love is very long-suffering. Oh, hold on now. Because unless we, don't ha unless we have not the love of God, there is no place in us. No, we have no part of Him. Hold on now. What kind of love are we supposed to have? This love is gentle. This love is kind. I'm not going to spend any time on this right now. It's long-suffering. This love is a perfect love. This love doesn't have the same boundaries that the rest of the loves have. This love looks far beyond the sin and the muck and the mire. It looks beyond the flesh. It looks beyond the humanity. It looks beyond my parents and my lineage. It looks way, way, way back to before there ever was a world. And it saw a little seed And it named that little seed and it proclaimed that in 2020, that little seed would be shining. That attribute would be walking. Regardless of what muck, regardless of what mire, regardless of how many mistakes it made, it's all beautiful to him. What kind of love is this this morning, church? And then that same God said, and how do you know that you love me? When you had, thank you, Brother Ed, that wasn't the quote I was thinking about. But that is a very good quote. How do you know that you love God? When you have love, one for another. Remember, love is long-suffering. That means that I'm going to probably get under your skin. I'm probably, we're going to, Somewhere along the line, you're going to kick me in the shin. But his love goes beyond all that. It's that love that Brother Branham said, nothing but that love. Behold, what manner of love is this? Oh, this is the kind of love that because we believe the message and you don't see it the way we believe, you're out. All right. I don't think so. That might be, um, we might find our identification in that. I go to the end time message tabernacle. That's our identification. I go to the Saskatoon tabernacle. That's my identification. If that's all our identification is, shame on us. 
You can just pick whichever one you want. And I was sorry to hear about Brother Pruitt's wife. I never heard a thing. Never heard about Brother Ron. Saskatchewan doesn't hear much. You know that. What manner of love is this? I want us to consider it this morning. As we leave, I want to consider it. Do I have the love of God? Or do I just have a love for these nice people? Do I just have a love for the wonderful song service? Or do I really have the love of God in my heart? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I would ask this morning again, behold, what manner of love is this? Lord, that you would love us so much that you would draw us from the muck and from the mire. Lord, how many have been backslidden, Lord, and you've called them back to yourself. Your love never let them go. Oh, God, this morning, Lord, we want to thank you for your grace in our lives. We couldn't say we deserve it. Lord, we can't say that we've earned it. Father, we can't say that we're good enough. All we can say that it's been your grace that's called us to yourself. And Lord, as your children go their way this afternoon, Lord, may they consider this love that stopped them, that saved them from a life that would so mar them and so scar them and, and so take them, Father, from your presence. May they consider a life that's kept them, Lord, and cleaned them and washed them. A love so great that this world knows nothing about it. Lord, they've tried, they write songs, they, they make movies, they write books trying to project your love, but none of it compares with the love that you've shed abroad in our heart, Lord, with this hunger that you've placed in, a, in our beings, Lord, for more of you, for the word which you've given to us, Lord. Father, reveal yourself to us. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our hearts. May we completely, may we be so proud to wear the wedding band of grace. Lord, may we be so proud to proclaim that we are Mrs. Jesus Christ. Father, may your will be done. And may your kingdom come, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Do you love him this morning, church? Amen. Truly, he deserves all of our love. Truly, he deserves everything we've got. Now, if you let down just a little bit, he's here to speak comfortable words to you, to allure you back. He wants nothing more than your divine fellowship. What a wonderful God we serve. Brother Ed, come dismiss the service.